It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. After a thrilling Sunday night win against the Denver Nuggets, the Indiana Pacers traveled to the Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Jazz. It was a game that featured not a lot of highlights for the Pacers, as the leading scorer for the team had just 12 points, with Aaron Holiday and Miles Turner sharing that honor, and Malcolm Brogdon, for the first time in a Pacer uniform, failed to reach double-digit points, going just 2 of 11 and 0 of 4 from 3. For the Jazz, it was a former Pacer feast, as former Pacer Bojan Bogdanovic had 16 points on 5-11 shooting. And off the bench to lead the way for the Jazz, former Pacer Georgie Nang had 15 points in 20 minutes. To lead the way for the Jazz, though, Gobert had 20 points, and Donovan Mitchell had 25. As the Pacers got paved, by the Utah Jazz 118-88. to Welcome into Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, I'm one of the hosts of this wonderful show. So on today's podcast, I will break down the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Pacers lost to the Utah Jazz. I'll spend less time talking about that game because it was certainly not worth talking about, to be honest. And talk more about some of the what-ifs, especially on this Jazz team that had so many former Pacers and so many kind of turning moments. And then I want to talk rotation, 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 as Victor Oladipo's uh, return is just a little over a week away in this podcast when it posts on a Tuesday. I want to talk about how the Patriots can play 10 guys because they have 10 players that are worth playing. But first, today's Locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Calm. We talk a lot about physical fitness, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is as important of his mental fitness routine as any physical fitness. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things he can do for his mind and body. And for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's Calm.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-B-A. Unlock content to help you focus, erase stress, and sleep better. Get started at Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the Pacers lose to the Utah Jazz 118-88. to Their uh, streak of blowing the Jazz out by scoring 121 points. They had three straight wins against the Jazz in that manner over the past two years. Uh, comes to an end. Uh, it was, frankly, a scheduled loss, let's be real, a back-to-back in two places that, that have altitude. Obviously, Denver, uh, with the mile-high city in Utah, a couple thousand feet off the ground, uh, does not play well for a team on a back-to-back on the West Coast after playing a, basically playing one of their uh, most thrilling and kind of down-of-the-wire games of the season. So 
nothing unexpected by this game, frankly, right? Um, it was a poor performance. Pitchers came out looking really bad. Uh, the best thing to go in for the pitchers, honestly, then one good thing is the starters played, uh, the top starter, Devon Simonis, played 28 minutes. Uh, Warren at bowling played 24, Turner 27, Brogdon 22, and Lamb 23. So uh, those guys hopefully be well-rested for what will be a third game in fourth nights when they take on the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday, which is the game they need to win. Um, it'll be kind of a important part. I think if they can go 3-2 and two or possibly even 4-1 and one on this West Coast swing, that will be critical for this Pacer team, um, you know, heading into what will be a, basically, I think it's seven out of eight home games and a stretch where they could end up going, like, I don't know, with the West Coast trip, like 11-2 and two or 10-3 and three over a nice stretch. That'd be pretty impressive and push them really towards that 2 seed, which is the coveted spot with the kind of game and a half separating, basically, I think, two through six. Maybe it's two and a half games, but it's, it's very tight in the East right now. Um, with, uh, let's see, the Raptors won today, and I believe so did the Celtics. So two of their foes, so did the Heat. So three of their foes managed to win today. Um, I, I know the Sixers played, so let's look at Let's look at they won real fast. Um, I believe, let's see if I can pull up the score quick enough in a great live podcast. The Sixers also won today. So all four of the teams pitching competing with one except for them, so that will they will lose some pitching in the standings, which will be... Uh, which will suck a little bit, right? And so now they're back to the six seed, game and a half back of Toronto for three and two and a half Miami for the for the two seed. So, anyways, back to the Jazz game. So, uh, oh, there are positives, and there's not a ton to go by. Um, uh, Aaron Holiday got a little bit back in his groove. I don't think he had this like a fantastic game, but he certainly had been struggling. Uh, I think three of the last four games were in single digits. He just looked kind of sh- like shit, basically. So he looked back to kind of himself. Um, obviously. Couple moments where he clearly couldn't guard Donovan Mitchell, but you know what? He shouldn't have to guard Donovan Mitchell to be honest. The Jazz were laying it on. I mean, look at so, right? So Mitchell played 31 minutes, Gobert played 31, and Bojan played 32. While the Pacers starters played just like eight or nine minutes less. I mean, the Jazz were dominating this game. Now maybe they thought the Pacers could come back, especially after the Denver game they needed to put on the, in the fourth quarter, but a little bit much by the Jazz, and frankly, a little bit kind of um, unbecoming of them. But uh, I'm sure you know, as we'll say, the Jazz fans, and I think I saw. Uh, Locked on sports, as in the guy who created this network, David Locke, tweeting that the Jazz had a 120 offensive rating and 90 defensive rating. But I think if you look at the schedule, you throw this game completely out the door. Uh, If you're the Pacers and you say, altitude, back-to-back, who gives a shit? Uh, For the Jazz, so um, this is kind of where I want to go further on, and that is the, uh, the, I thought both Bojan and Georgie's Nang had really positive games for the Jazz. Uh, Nang, so I saw this tweet, um, I want to say it was Alex Golden. Might have been I Pacers. If I'm getting it wrong, you can at me if this was you. But he, some, they said basically they were, you know, if you asked them three years ago, would Niang be better than TJ Leaf? And I think that would, would have been a shock to many. Uh, but it's true. I mean, the Pacers moved on being after just one season. Uh, now he got hurt, so that's also part of it. But uh, there's kind of this weird kind of open sliding door. What if they had just decided to keep Niang and move on from Leaf? Would they be better off? Because Niang is really becoming a really solid player now. Um, so he has now played in 36 games, 37 games tonight, sorry, uh, for the Jazz, and taking his last 22 where he's played basically every game, we're talking like 15 minutes per game, averaging 6.6 points on 47-46 shooting, so that's really impressive. Obviously tonight he had another nice performance with uh, tw- 15 points on 5 of 9 and 3 of 6 shooting. He's just becoming a really good player. Um, can play a little stretch four for you. You know, he probably isn't a start of a player, but... He's in the rotation of this Jazz team, and it's been kind of, I think, a huge part of their turnaround really over the last 20 games, give or take. You know, the Jazz are now, I think, 17-2 in the last 19 games after just kind of a really piss-poor start, right? So, you know, they started like 13-11, and 11, and now they're 30-13. and 13. So um, he's been huge for them, and it's just kind of a sliding door. Now, you know, 
you never say anything about the Pacers player development, right? Because for every TJ Leaf, there's a Miles Turner and a Georgie or a, and an Aaron Holiday, and just the Pacers just do a great job there. You know, even somebody like TJ Warren, for example, who I would say you know didn't develop one of the Pacers, but they kind of gave him that next level. Bojan, the same way, right? Kind of guys who just like went from one level to the next when they when they became a Pacer. So I don't knock the Pacers for not keeping Yang. I mean, I didn't think he was anything, but uh, it is sort of a little bit disappointing. And the other side of it, right? So that's the other player is Bojan, which is kind of the sliding doors moment where basically it's it's Bojan and Rubio versus Warren and Brogdon, right? I mean, that's kind of how the salaries match up if you give or take, right? I think Rubio makes 17. Bowen makes 18, that's 35, and if you add Warren and Brogdon, that's about 31. So really, it's those two plus you can throw in TJ McConnell, right? And, and so I think straight up, you would say, well, losing Warren for Bojan, not worth it. Losing Brogdon, not trading Brogdon for Bojan, I still might make that trade most nights. You know, I know tonight Brogdon had a worse game, but I think the longevity of Brogdon is longer, right? Brogdon is a little bit younger. He fits better with the Depot with all these things. He plays better defense. I think he's slightly more valuable player than Bojan, who is having an incredible year, by the way. I mean, we can't discount that. He's averaging like 23 points per game on 38 shooting from three. I mean, he's having, he's just keeps going. I mean, basically over the last three years, since he became a pacer two years ago, he has just improved his game every single year, right? It's kind of a guy who went from 13 a game to 14 in his first pacer year, 18 last year, 20, now 21.3, sorry, not, not, not 23 points per game this year. I mean, he just keeps elevating, elevating, elevating his game in a really awesome way. Um, so... It's interesting to me, right? So I, I I don't know where I would put that, right? I would love to hear from you guys. So you can tweet out Locked On Pacers. Um, but, like, would anybody really right now take, right? So we'll play the whole scenario. Would you, would you take Bojan over Brogdon, right? I don't think that's yes. Uh, would you take Bojan over Warren? Probably. But would you take Bojan and Rubio over Brogdon and Warren? I don't know. I don't mean, I, I, I think your actually net value this season is probably somewhat similar, right? I think you actually get better production out of both Rubio and Warren. It kind of creates this, like, different team right so basically in that lineup you're you're getting more offense from Bojan and a slightly better defense over Warren but then you're giving up offense in the Rubio Barnes which beginning maybe better defense but a different kind of offensive strength I don't know it's interesting it's just interesting you know I don't think I would take it I don't I think most people say no no we want Brogdon we want Warren for sure and I wouldn't but I think it's closer than we, than we think and then the other part of it right is the Pacers had decided you know what I really view is the Niang is kind of um so Really, they could have kept Yang for nothing, right? I mean, they really they control the whole situation, right? They just decided to move on because they wanted the roster spot. And I would say that's either Leaf or you call it Eminem Eminem Summer at the time. Because when they he when they got rid of Yang, they Sumner was their third second rounder behind Ek, and um, that was a Leaf draft too. So, um, you know, there's there's something there, right? So I, I think obviously I think we rather have Yang than Leaf, which is interesting, right? So uh, it it shows that the patients are not perfect. Now I wouldn't I'm not gonna knock the front office for everything, you know. That, that move, you know, that I mean, who would have thought, right? I mean, there's nothing that was going to happen. But it is worth noting that the front office isn't perfect, but most front offices aren't. So, they, you know, you want them to hit more than they miss, and they've so far, I think, hit more than they miss, especially if you hit they hit one of their two draft picks. Um, right? Right? Leaf was Leaf? I think Leaf was the last bird year, actually. No, Leaf was the first was the first non-bird year, right? Yeah, Leaf was the first non-bird year, then it was Holiday, and then it was Gogo. So those are three non-bird picks, right? Those are all Kevin Pritchard. Ian Pritchard was involved with all, with all this stuff, too, so it's not saying anything, but on his own, right? So far, he's one of two. Goga uh, still, on, you know, nobody knows about yet, so not the worst for him, and he's had a couple of huge agencies, right? So uh, I think you can't hate Pritchard for that. Um, other things from the game, um, I'm, you know, I struggle to find things that I think are relevant to this Pacer team 
He's gonna be like going forward. You know, McDermott had kind of a shitty night going three of eleven. Um, you know, I think the thing I, I could say you look at the minutes, right? So Goga's playing ten minutes. He's playing. He's played a decent amount against Denver. I don't know if it's the back-to-back thing, if that's because they want to get him minutes now before Oladipo returns and the lineup gets kind of skewed, if that's just trying to get him some more minutes, or it's, it's the West Coast trip and trying to play, you know, Turner and some bonus less, which would be, it might be all of the above in those. But um, it's interesting, right, because you look at all the minutes, right, and you really see this, like, stark nine players playing 20-plus minutes tonight, and then Gogo, which is fine. Fine, um, some of them are playing some garbage time, same with Jakar and Leaf and whatnot. But um, there's kind of been this divide of the Pacers, right? You can really see that there's nine players they like, they want to play, and it's going to make it tough going forward. And that's what I'm talking about next, is the rotation when Old people returned and trying to play 10 guys and how that would work. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with the Locked On Network to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Pacers is a great way for your local business to reach the passionate Pacer fan just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives you a local company the unique ability to reach a local podcast listener. Not just any podcast listener, but a Locked On Pacers podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Pacer fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Pacers podcast. Local fans love to support local business. Text the word advertiser to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve your goals on this Locked On Advertising Network. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On Pacers podcast. All right, so I teased it before the break. So how do the Pacers play 10 guys? It's 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 a struggle, right? So in the ideal lineup, right, if you're playing 10 guys, there's some, there's some factors I have down before, right? So the ideal situation would be all 10 guys, plus you're able to play your um, Sabonis plus four bench unit, right? So you got to figure out how to stagger this and whatnot, um, and who would play how many minutes and whatnot, right? So you got Brogdon at the top, obviously. So here's the lineup, right? Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Turner, Sabonis, they all start, right? And then off the bench, Lamb is your sixth man, McDermott is your seventh man, uh, Justin Holiday is your eighth man. Um, McConnell is your ninth man. I think right now McConnell probably starts over Aaron Holiday, although I don't know. It's going to be tough. And then Aaron Holiday is your tenth man, right? So what you'd want to do, ideally, right, is so you look at the minutes right now. Um, your, center, your centers will pretty much have to play the same, although you're talking about playing four or five minutes, right? So um, I would think you'd want to get Sabonis some less minutes, right? He's been getting a little banged up. He's playing 34, so you probably want to play Sabonis more like 32. You want to play Turner, probably more like, let's say, 28. You want to play Warren, 28 minutes. What's Warren playing right now real fast? Um, Warren right now is playing 32 minutes, but I think in this lineup you want to get a little less because you have Old Depot. You want to play, definitely want to play 28. And Brogdon, I think you want to play at 28. So maybe I'm being a naive. Maybe you actually want to play Warren at like 30. So let's do that for now, right? 
So then that leaves 16 center minutes, which go to go to Turner, right? So the center minutes would be pretty simple, right? So at point guard, this, but the center minutes would be pretty simple. You would have 32 of Sabonis, and then 16. Well, because even though when they're in that four or five, will cost most center that lineup, right? And then 16 for Turner, and then you give Turner 12 minutes at the four, right? That's kind of where, and then so Turner playing 12 at the four. So that leaves you an extra uh, 36 minutes at the four, which you would probably want to do some combination of this, right? So you want to do probably 10 for McDermott. And we'll call it, that leaves you with, that leaves you with about another 10, let's say, we'll say 15 for McDermott, sorry. We'll do 15 for McDermott, and we'll do 20 for, or that leaves you, sorry, now with 20. That leaves you with uh, 21 for Jay Holiday, right? He's going to play a lot more of that, right? Because you really, you really have to play him there because you have nowhere else to play him, right? Maybe small forward and whatnot, right? So then, so then for the small forward, you're gonna want to play Warren at that for all all 30 of his minutes, and you're probably gonna want to play Lamb there for 18. That's kind of the way to make this work, right? Lamb's got to play some three. So shooting guard Oladipo, you're gonna want him to play all his minutes there, all 28, uh, and then you're gonna probably want Aaron Holiday to back him up. So Aaron Holiday will probably play. Oh, let's give or take. So let's give him 20 minutes, Aaron Holiday there. Right, and then at point guard, you get 28 of Brogdon, and then 20 of McConnell. Right, so, and then 20 of McConnell. But hold on, here's the only difference, though. So there's no way in this lineup to get the five guys you want on the bench, right? Um, basically, you're, so what you would theoretically do. So right now, all of a sudden, right, this is also something, you basically reduced Warren's minutes. So I, I, you know, this is like kind of a base, right? So the base I have right now is Brogdon 28, McConnell 20 at the point guard, Oladipo 20, Aaron Holiday 20 at the shooting guard, Warren 30, Lamb 18 at the power small forward, power forward, Turner at 12, McDermott at 15, and Jay Holiday at 21. In the center, Sabonis 32 and Turner 16. But the first move you'd make is you reduce Aaron Holiday to 15 minutes because I don't think he's deserved to play that many minutes, to be honest. I think you would reduce him right away and give his five minutes to McDermott. Five extra minutes to McDermott, right? And then what you would do is you would reduce Justin Holiday to 16 at the four and give him five at the five. Five at the three, sorry. It would be McDermott or Justin Holiday. We'll put Justin Holiday there at the at the three. Right? So then you get then you're gonna give Lamb 13 at the three and give Lamb five more at the shooting guard spot. Now the question is, are you playing Lamb enough minutes here, right? He's only he's playing 18 minutes. So the other option, then you reduce McConnell to 15, which is fair, and you give Lamb, and then you give Aaron Holiday 10 minutes there, and you give Aaron Holiday 5 minutes at point guard. And I think that's how you can make this work, theoretically speaking, right? So let's read the lineup now. I know this might be confusing if you're at home. So basically what we're talking about is, at point guard, you play Brogdon 28, McConnell 15, Aaron Holiday 5. Then the shooting guard, you play Old Depot 28, Aaron Holiday, 10, and Lamb, 10. Then at the, the small forward, you play Warren, 30, Lamb, 15, Justin Holiday, and McDermott, 5. Then at power forward, you play Turner, 12, McDermott, 20, Justin Holiday, 16. Again, those, we'll call that, you basically, right, so those 41 minutes between Justin Holiday and McDermott, 
interchangeable three or four, right? Either one can play either one. I mean, on the court, whatever, you play them together, right? Then it's a bonus 32, Turner 16. You could stagger this lineup in a way where, theoretically speaking, you could get a lineup for at least probably, you would, it would be for five minutes. You get the five Aaron, you would, for five, yeah, five or ten minutes, basically, where you get McConnell, Holiday, both Holidays, McDermott, and Sabonis, where all the rest of us are sitting on the bench. And then at some point, you would sub out very fast, Lamb in for Aaron Holiday uh, in that lineup. I think that's probably their best bet. Right, that's probably their best lineup. Um, I think for the Pacers, at least in the regular season right now, it's worth trying some kind of 10-man lineup, right? I mean, they have 10 players who deserve playing, and it's worth trying to get their kind of bench five or the four bench plus the bonus decent minutes and right now because they're so successful, right? They were at one point the eighth highest um, plus minus for lineups over um, 100 minutes played in that rating, uh, and they're just, they've just been the best lineup, right? The the with Oladipo coming back, it, it's going to reduce guys' minutes, right? You're going to see re- what this lineup does. It reduces Aaron Holiday's minutes, reduces McConnell's minutes, and reduces Justin Holiday minutes slightly. But those guys will be will have to reduce just slightly, but they're still playing enough because you want. For some reason, I don't know why, but I feel like all those guys deserve to be on the team or deserve a role, I guess, right? They they deserve an opportunity to at least play right now. Now, I think injury will happen and won't matter. Then it'll re- it kind of shuffle these back and get it right, but I think all those guys deserve an opportunity to be on the court. It just To me, it feels that way, right? So, McConnell, so the, sorry, the Lamb, Warren, so the Pacers starting five ranks, if we do it real fast, and for Lamb's over over 100 minutes, rank 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So they rank 17, that's the starting five, right? Rank 17. Uh, and then the next one ranks 50, right? The all bench ranks 50, um, which I don't know how that ranks, ranks among benches. Let's do that real fast. Um, but it's really, right, that, that kind of bench five is is a positive 6.4 net rating, which is really, really good for a bench unit, right? Um, you know, I, it's just really good. I mean, that's, I don't know whether that my benches, but for 100 minutes, that to be two, you know, for two of the best 50 lineups in the league to be from this Pacers the way they are right now is, is something that's a huge positive. It's going to be something you want to try to preserve the most because that chemistry and whatnot. So even if Oladipo's return, you want to preserve that the most you can. The question will become, if Oladipo returns, does he elevate you know the starters to another level and then you have to just play them so many minutes, right? But at the end of the day, too, the rotation I just named will be shrunk in the playoffs, right? In the playoffs, you really only want to play eight players, and it seems like the first two to get off the chopping block will probably be one of Holiday or McDermott, Probably Justin Holiday and probably Aaron Holiday, right? The Holiday brothers are probably the first to go, and maybe maybe it's McConnell switched for one of the Holiday brothers, but that seems like where they're heading. It makes the most sense, right? I mean, if you're trying to win a playoff series and worry about the isolated moment and not trying to develop anybody, you would McConnell probably is the better fit for the moment because Aaron Holiday is too up and down. He's an okay passer, but McConnell's a better passer and fits better and just provides something that's a little more tangible than Aaron Holiday. But who knows? But I like to see them try this 10-man rotation, and we'll see if they do, right? So remember, Goga's out of this rotation right now. And Goga, most likely, if he does, will be playing four minutes for Sabonis at center to get Sabonis down minutes-wise. Or one or two, Turner's most gets hurt, and we'll do that and whatnot, right? Um, but I would love to see them try this 10-man lineup for at least a little bit just to see if it works because there's something about depth. I mean, you look at, like, the Raptors, right? They had huge depth last year. Now, granted, they also had the best player, so it did not matter. But depth is a huge thing. And we'll see if that if Pacers can kind of use their depth to beat teams because that's that's something other that's really important and use that depth to go for the two C, which is kind of the goal of this Pacer team. All right, that's all I got for this Lockdown Pacers podcast. As always, you can follow our podcast at Lockdown Pacers. You can follow me at Free Madam Five. 
Uh, Tony will bring you a preview of the Phoenix Sun game tomorrow. I'll bring you the post for that on Thursday. And Tony will bring you a preview of the weekend's matchups against, I'm blanking who they're playing. Uh, I know he, they play Portland. and Wow, the Warriors. They play the Warriors at 1030 on a Friday night. Whew, the rough one. Um, but like I said on yesterday's podcast, if you're listening to this podcast in a different time zone, you might, and you, you know, used to sing it in the morning. Let's say you're like in Australia or somewhere in Europe. Um, which I know we don't have a ton of those, but I know we have some people who listen outside the United States. Um, these will buy, these are posting pretty late. Uh, this one's going to post right now at about 12.30 Eastern time, maybe ah, actually more like 1 o'clock Eastern time by the time I finish editing it and whatnot. So that's pretty late, later than usual, but, uh, you know, West Coast trip. But then once they get back home and into the Eastern time zone, they'll be the normal time. So as always, Lockdown Pacers podcast, as always, have a great rest of your day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.